Welcome to Dreamful Podcast, bedtime stories for slumber. A lot of work goes into the making of this show, and if you find value in it and would like to help support it, please visit patreon.com slash dreamfulpodcast. Another way you can support our podcast is by simply telling friends and family that you think would also like the show. You can also take just a moment to leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Doing this helps more people to find our podcast, so thank you. The story in tonight's episode is Jack and the Beanstalk. This is such an adventurous, classic tale and has been retold many, many times, and I really hope you enjoy it. So, snuggle up in your blankets and have sweet dreams. A long, long time ago, there lived a boy called Jack. His father was bedridden, and his mother, a good soul, was busy early mornings and late evenings planning how to support her sick husband and her young son by selling the milk and butter which Milky White, the beautiful cow, gave them without stint, for it was summertime. But winter came on, the herbs of the fields took refuge from the frosts and the warm earth, and though his mother sent Jack to gather what fodder he could get in the hedgerows, he came back as often as not with a very empty sack, for Jack's eyes were so often full of wonder at all the things he saw that sometimes he forgot to work. So it came to pass that one morning Milky White gave no milk at all, not one bit, then the good, hard-working mother threw her apron over her head and sobbed, What shall we do? Now Jack loved his mother. Besides, he felt just a bit sneaky at being such a big boy and doing so little to help. So he said, Cheer up. I'll go and get work somewhere. And he felt as he spoke as if he would work his fingers to the bone. But the good woman shook her head mournfully. You've tried that before, Jack, she said, and nobody would keep you. You are quite a good lad, but your wits go a wool gathering. No, we must sell Milky White and live on the money. It is no use crying over milk that is not here to spill. Just so, he cried, we will sell Milky White and be richer than ever. It's an ill wind that blows no one good. So, as it is market day, I'll take her there and we shall see what we shall see. But, began his mother, but doesn't butter parsnips, laughed Jack. Trust me to make a good bargain. So, as it was washing day and her sick husband was more ailing than usual, his mother let Jack set off to sell the cow. Not less than ten pounds, she bawled after him as he turned the corner. Ten pounds, indeed. Jack had made his mind to twenty. Twenty solid golden sovereigns. He was just settling what he should buy his mother as a faring out of the money, 
when he saw a strange little old man on the road who called out, Good morning, Jack. Good morning, replied Jack with a polite bow, wondering how the strange little old man happened to know his name. Though, to be sure, Jack's were as plentiful as blackberries. And where may you be going? asked the strange little old man. Jack wondered again. He was always wondering, you know, what the strange little old man had to do with it. But being always polite, he replied, I am going to the market to sell Milky White, and I mean to make a good bargain. So you will, so you will, chuckled the strange little old man. You look the sort of chap for it. I bet you know how many beans make five. Two in each hand and one in my mouth, answered Jack readily. He really was sharp as a needle. Just so, just so, chuckled the strange little old man. As he spoke, he drew out of his pocket five beans. Well, here they are, so give us Milky White. Jack was so flabbergasted that he stood with his mouth open as if he expected the fifth bean to fly into it. What? he said at last. My Milky White for five common beans. Not if I know it. Ah, but they aren't common beans, put in the strange little old man. And there was a strange little smile on his strange little face. If you plant these beans overnight, by morning, they will have grown up right into the very sky. Jack was too flabbergasted this time to even open his mouth, his eyes open instead. Did you say, right into the very sky, he asked at last? For you see, Jack had wondered more about the sky than about anything else. Right up into the very sky, repeated the strange old man, with a nod between each word. It's a good bargain, Jack. If they don't grow, then you can meet me here tomorrow morning, and you shall have Milky White back again. Will that please you? Right as a trivet, cried Jack, without stopping to think, and the next moment he found himself standing on an empty road. Two in each hand, and one in my mouth, repeated Jack. That is what I said, and what I'll do. Everything in order, and if what the strange little old man said isn't true, I shall get Milky White back tomorrow morning. So whistling and munching the bean, he trudged home cheerfully, wondering what the sky would be like if he ever got there. "'What a long time you've been!' exclaimed his mother, who was watching anxiously for him at the gate. "'It is past sunsetting, but I see you have sold Milky White. Tell me quick how much you got for her.' "'Oh, you'll never guess,' began Jack. "'Mercy, you don't say so,' interrupted the good woman. 
and I worried all day lest they should take you in. What was it? Ten pounds? Fifteen? Surely it can't be twenty. Jack held out the beans triumphantly. There, he said. That's what I got for her. And a jolly good bargain, too. It was his mother's turn to be flabbergasted. But all she said was, What? Them beans? Yes, replied Jack, beginning to doubt his own wisdom. But they're magic beans. If you plant them overnight, by morning they... Oh, please don't hit so hard. Jack's mother for once had lost her temper and was belaboring the boy for all she was worth. And when she had finished scolding and beating, she flung the miserable beans out of the window and sent him supperless to bed. If this was the magical effect of the beans, thought Jack, he didn't want any more magic, if you please. However, he soon fell asleep. When he woke, he thought at first it was moonlight, for everything in the room showed greenish. Then he stared at the little window. It was covered as if with a curtain by leaves. He was out of bed in an instant, and the next moment, without waiting to dress, was climbing up the biggest beanstalk you ever saw. For what the strange little old man had said was true. One of the beans which his mother had chucked into the garden had found soil, taken root, and grown in the night. Where? Up to the very sky. So he climbed and he climbed and he climbed. It was easy work, for the big beanstalk with the leaves growing out of each side was like a ladder. For all that, he soon was out of breath. Then he got his second wind, and was just beginning to wonder if he had a third when he saw in front of him a wide, shining white road, stretching away and away and away. Jack took to walking, and he walked and walked and walked, till he came to a tall, shining white house with a wide, white doorstep. And on the doorstep, stood a great big woman with a black porridge pot in her hand. Now Jack, having had no supper, was hungry as a hunter, and when he saw the porridge pot, he said quite politely, Good morning, ma'am. I wonder if you could give me some breakfast. Breakfast? echoed the woman, who, in truth, was an ogre's wife. If it is breakfast you're wanting, it's breakfast you'll likely be, for I expect my man home every instant, and there is nothing he likes better for breakfast than a boy, a fat boy grilled on toast. Now Jack was not a bit of a coward, and when he wanted a thing he generally got it. So he said cheerfully, I'd be fatter if I had my breakfast. The ogre's wife laughed and asked Jack to come in for she was not really half as bad as she looked. But he had hardly finished the great bowl of porridge and milk she gave him, 
when the whole house began to tremble and quake. It was the ogre coming home. Into the oven with you, now, cried the ogre's wife, and the iron oven door was just closed when the ogre strode in. Jack could see him through the little peephole slide at the top where the steam came out. He was a big one for sure. He had three sheep strung to his belt, and these he threw down on the table. Here, wife, he cried, roast me these snippets for breakfast. They are all I've been able to get this morning. Worse luck. I hope the oven's hot. And he went to touch the handle while Jack burst out all of a sweat, wondering what would happen next. Roast, echoed the ogre's wife. Pooh, the little things would dry to cinders. Better boil them. So she set to work to boil them, but the ogre began sniffing about the room. They don't smell. Mutton meat, he growled. Then he frowned horribly and began the real ogre's rhyme. Fee, fi, fo, fum. I smell the blood of an Englishman. Be he alive or be he dead, I'll grind his bones to make my bread. Don't be silly, said his wife. It's the bones of the little boy you had for supper that I'm boiling down for soup. Come, eat your breakfast. So the ogre ate his three sheep, and when he had done, he went into a big oaken chest and took out three big bags of golden pieces. These he put on the table and began to count their contents while his wife cleared away the breakfast things. And by and by his head began to nod, and at last he began to snore, and snored so loud that the whole house shook. Then Jack nipped out of the oven, and seizing one of the bags of gold, crept away and ran along the straight, wide, shining white road as fast as his legs would carry him, till he came to the beanstalk. He couldn't climb down it with the bag of gold. It was so heavy, so he just flung his burden down first, and helter-skelter climbed after it. And when he came to the bottom, there was his mother, picking up gold pieces out of the garden as fast as she could, for of course, the bag had burst. Mercy me, she says, where have you been? See, it's been raining gold. No, it hasn't, began Jack. I climbed up. Then he turned to look for the beanstalk. But lo and behold, it wasn't there at all. So he knew then, it was all real magic. After that, they lived happily on the gold pieces for a long time. But at last, a day came when Jack's mother showed a doleful face as she put a big yellow sovereign into Jack's hand and bade him be careful marketing, because there was not one more in the coffer. After that, they must starve. That night, Jack went supperless to bed of his own accord. If he couldn't make money, he thought, at any rate he could eat less money. It was a shame for a big boy to stuff himself and bring no grist to the mill.
Jack had slept the whole night, and when he woke, the whole room showed greenish, and there was a curtain of leaves over the window. Another bean had grown in the night, and Jack hurried up it. This time he didn't take nearly so long climbing until he reached the straight, wide, white road, and in a moment, he found himself before the tall white house, where on the wide white steps, the ogre's wife was standing with the black porridge pot in her hand. And this time, Jack was as bold as brass. Good morning, ma'am, he said. I've come to ask you for breakfast, for I had no supper, and I'm as hungry as a hunter. Go away, bad boy, replied the ogre's wife. Last time I gave a boy breakfast, my man missed a whole bag of gold. I believe you are the same boy. Maybe I am, maybe I'm not, said Jack with a laugh. I'll tell you true when I've had my breakfast, but not till then. So the ogre's wife, who was dreadfully curious, gave him a big bowl of porridge. But before he had half finished it, he heard the ogre coming. In with you to the oven, shrieked the ogre's wife. You shall tell me when he has gone to sleep. This time Jack saw through the steam peephole that the ogre had three fat calves strung to his belt. Better luck today, wife, he cried, and his voice shook the house. Quick, roast these trifles for my breakfast. I hope the oven's hot. And he went to fill the handle of the door, but his wife cried out sharply, Roast! Why, you'd have to wait hours before they were done. I'll broil them. See how bright the fire is? Hmm, growled the ogre. And then he began sniffing and calling out, Fee, fi, fo, fum. I smell the blood of an Englishman. Be he alive or be he dead. I'll grind his bones to make my bread. Twaddle, said the ogre's wife. It's only the bones of the boy you had last week that I've put into the pig bucket. Oomph, said the ogre harshly. But he ate the broiled calves, and then he said to his wife, Bring me my hen that lays the magic eggs. I want to see gold. So the ogre's wife brought him a great big black hen with a shiny red comb. She plumped it down on the table and took away the breakfast things. Then the ogre said to the hen, Lay! And it promptly laid a beautiful shiny yellow golden egg. None so dusty, Henny Penny, laughed the ogre. I shan't have to beg as long as I've got you. Then he said, lay once more, and lo and behold, there was another beautiful, shiny, golden egg. Jack could hardly believe his eyes, and made up his mind that he would have that hen, come what might. So, when the ogre began to doze, he ran out like a flash from the oven, seized the hen, and ran for his life. But, as you see, they always cackle when they leave their nests after laying an egg, and this one set up such a scrawing that it woke the ogre. 
Where's my hen? he shouted. And his wife came rushing in, and they both rushed to the door. But Jack had got the better of them by a good start, and all they could see was a little figure right away down the wide white road, holding a big, scrawing, cackling, fluttering black hen by the legs. How Jack got down the beanstalk he never knew. It was all wings and leaves and feathers and cacklings, but get down he did, and there was his mother, wondering if the sky was going to fall. But the very moment Jack touched the ground, he called out, Lay! And the black hen ceased cackling and laid a great, big, shiny, yellow, golden egg. So everyone was satisfied, and from that moment, everybody had everything that money could buy. For whenever they wanted anything, they just said, Lay! And the black hen provided them with gold. Jack began to wonder if he couldn't find something else besides money in the sky. So one fine moonlight midsummer night, he refused his supper, and before he went to bed stole out to the garden with a big watering can, and watered the ground underneath his window, for he thought, there must be two more beans somewhere, and perhaps it is too dry for them to grow. Then he fell asleep, and lo and behold, when he woke, there was the green light shimmering through his room, and there he was, in an instant, on the beanstalk, climbing, climbing, climbing for all he was worth. But this time he knew better than to ask for his breakfast, for the ogre's wife would be sure to recognize him. So he just hid in some bushes beside the great white house, till he saw her in the scullery, and then he slipped out and hid himself in the copper, for he knew she would be sure to look in the oven first thing. And after a while he heard, thump, thump, thump. And peeping through a crack in the copper lid, he could see the ogre stalk in with three huge oxen strung at his belt. But this time, no sooner had the ogre gotten to the house, then he began shouting, Fee, fi, fo, fum. I smell the blood of an Englishman. Be he alive or be he dead, I'll grind his bones to make my bread. Well, I declare, so do I, exclaimed the ogre's wife. It will be that horrid boy who stole the bag of gold and the hen. If so, he's hid in the oven. But when she opened the door, Jack wasn't there. Only some joints of meat roasting and sizzling away. Then she laughed and said, You and me be fools for sure. Why, it's the boy you caught last night as I was getting ready for your breakfast. Yes, we be fools to take dead meat for live flesh. So eat your breakfast. But the ogre 
though he enjoyed the roast boy very much, wasn't satisfied. And every now and then he would burst out with, Fee, fi, fo, fum, and get up and search the cupboards, keeping Jack in a fever of fear lest he should think of the copper. But he didn't. And when he had finished his breakfast, he called out to his wife, Bring me my magic harp. I want to be amused. So she brought out a little harp and put it on the table, and the ogre leant back in his chair and said lazily, Sing. And lo and behold, the harp began to sing. If you want to know what it sang about, why, it sang about everything. And it sang so beautifully that Jack forgot to be frightened, and the ogre forgot to think of fee-fi-fo-fum, and fell asleep. Then Jack stole out of the copper like a mouse, and crept hands and knees to the table, raised himself up ever so softly, and laid hold of the magic harp, for he was determined to have it. But no sooner had he touched it, than it cried out quite loud, Master! Master! So the ogre woke, saw Jack making off with the harp, and rushed after him. Jack was nimble, but the ogre's stride was twice as long. So, though Jack turned and twisted, and doubled like a hare, yet at last when he got to the beanstalk, the ogre was not a dozen yards behind him. There wasn't time to think, so Jack just flung himself onto the stalk and began to go down as fast as he could while the harp kept calling, Master, Master, at the very top of its voice. He had only got down about a quarter of the way when there was the most awful lurch you can think of, and Jack nearly fell off the beanstalk. It was the ogre beginning to climb down, and his weight made the stalk sway like a tree in a storm. Then Jack knew it was life or death, and he climbed down faster and faster, and as he climbed he shouted, Mother! Mother! Bring an axe! Bring an axe! Now his mother, as luck would have it, was in the backyard chopping wood, and she ran out thinking that this time the sky must have fallen. Just at that moment, Jack touched ground and he flung down the harp, which immediately began to sing all sorts of beautiful things, and he seized the axe and gave a great chop at the beanstalk, which shook and swayed and bent like barley before a breeze. Have a care, shouted the ogre, clinging on as hard as he could. But Jack did have a care, and he dealt that beanstalk such a shrewd blow the whole of it, ogre and all, came toppling down, and the ogre broke his crown so that he died on the spot. After that, everyone was quite happy, for they had gold to spare, and if the bed-ridden father was dull, Jack just brought out the harp and said, Sing! And lo and behold, it sang about everything under the sun. 
So Jack ceased wandering so much and became quite a useful person. And the last bean hasn't grown yet. It is still in the garden. I wonder if it will ever grow. And what little child will climb its beanstalk into the sky? And what that child will find?